This is a Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Tech One Designs, 204 Skate Shop, West Side Honda, Capital Motorsports, Golden Tire, and Trans Canada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba. Motocross news from around the world. We're not experts, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Westside Honda, TransCanada Motorsports, and Capital Motorsports. Brand new for this week, Golden Tire, now sponsoring the, the Big MX Show. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. Uh, with me on the line, two of my close friends. We got the uh, the Uno Quattro Uno of uh, the f- the 141 of Chris Mellon. He's out in uh, Petersfield, Manitoba. He's my uh, he's my co-host. How's it going, Chris? Fucking awesome. Except I just burnt the shit out of my tongue on that coffee, so um, sound weird or like I have a lisp. That not might a happy a camper. I did that last week. I think I still got some burn marks. See, you that can't sucks. be doing that, man. You're you, that's your money maker from now on. I need you to have optimum sound quality for these podcasts because that's what we strive for. Well, worst case scenario, I'll just do video ones and use flashcards because it's going to happen one way or another. Perfect. No problem at all. And uh, and that gentleman on the other side, he needs no introduction, but I'll give it to you anyway because that's kind of part of my deal. It's He's the number 56 in your program, number one in your hearts, the Ripa from Peabody Mass, none other than Jimmy Dakotas. How's it going, Jim? He's doing good, just back home in Massachusetts and enjoying time, getting ready for outdoors and getting ready for the end of the Supercross season. Right. You uh, you recently spent a little bit of time in your home away from home, Manitoba, of course, our homeland, and now you're I back uh, back home, enjoying yourself, uh, getting getting in the zone, getting ready for Supercross this weekend. Uh, first of all, how was, uh, how was your little stay in the Great White North as things start to melt a little bit? Uh, it was good, you know. I, t- I didn't get to ride for the week because it was a little cold, but you know, I enjoyed yes. some time off and did the same thing as Mel. And I actually burnt my tongue on some Canadian coffee, and I was not happy about it. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> overall, overall, it was a good stay, and uh, I had fun. I enjoyed it, and I was just nice to get away and just kind of relax. And now, now I'm back home, refreshed and ready to go. Get ready going for the outdoors and start getting that training program going, and just just trying to be strong this year. That's kind of the goal. So, uh, what kind of sell job did uh, Jamie Routley, your uh, your beloved girlfriend, uh, have to do on you to, so that you would skip the Seattle Supercross? No, I was actually skipping that no matter what. That wasn't okay. part of the plan. Because after Houston, I was going to go go home either way, and then I just happened to book a flight, so I'm taking the weekend off. Might as well go up there. Kind of just all worked out. It was just too far for me to go up there. I didn't have a bike there, or mm-hmm. to drive my van there would have been a long drive and not really worth it and all everything. So. Fair enough. Right on. So uh, thanks again for coming on the show. We appreciate it. You're a good friend of the show and uh, look to have you on uh, a number of times in the future. So how's uh, how's the 14 season going for you so far? Obviously a little better than 13 did for you. You're, you're able to do basically every round of Supercross with, uh, in my opinion, a ton of success. You've made multiple mains in both the 450 and the 250. You've been on TV uh, quite a bit. You've... Um, uh, you, you've battled with some of the, some of the best in the sport and, uh, and ran up there as high as I think third or fourth at, in some of the main events. So, uh, yeah. How do you feel about your 2014 season moving into your hometown supercross? Um, overall the year was good. You know, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. I'm sitting eighth in the points right now, so I'm doing 
pretty good, but I think I've had some rounds where I had some bobbles and some kind of mess-ups that hurt me overall in the points so far. But, you know, I've just kind of been – just keep plugging away at it. You know, I know my training program has been good this year, better than it has been. And, you know, I've been trying to build as much of a base as I can coming into the outdoors. And, you know, overall for the year it was good. The 450 class was, was decent. I made three out of the five mains I did. Yeah, and, and then, uh, a 15th place at Houston. Yeah, not bad at all. I mean, overall in the 450, I don't think I, Houston was my best finish, but I don't think I rode as good. I think the class lightened out a little bit, and that helped me. Okay. But, you know, I, I didn't really ride the 450 at all after the last West round and then jumped into Houston and tried to do, try to put my 250 F forks on my 450, and they were too soft and it didn't work. But luckily, the guys at Factory Connection hooked me up and got me set up before the night show started, and that made a huge change for me. That helped me so much. And, and I had a pretty successful semi-race. I was behind Alexi for a while and got a third behind him and Bloast. So overall, that, that race was pretty good. And, and the main event went well, but, you know, I think I can do better. And, you know, I believe I can do better. It's just getting that seat time, getting that confidence. And when you're on the gate, knowing that you can run with those guys. Definitely. Like getting mixing it up uh, with uh, Matt Bichelia and uh, Alex Martin, uh, getting eighth place at um, at St. Louis. That's an excellent ride for you. I believe uh, you had a you had a good start, good good qualifying throughout the day. Um, how has the bike progressed throughout the year? Like, uh, do you do a ton of changes to it during the week? Uh, if you're able to do some practicing, or does it, does it basically uh, stay pretty uh, pretty set after you do your off season training? Um, mostly pretty set. You know, it's, I don't have the technology all the factory teams have. I don't have the access right. to the parts that they have or the time that they have to go out and do the test days. So, you know, I kind of get a basic setup of what I believe is going to work and tweak it with some clickers and some sag settings, stuff like that. And then overall, kind of that's just, just run what I got. And, you know, even if I'm not fully comfortable with it, I know that, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting comfortable with it. And the more that I ride it, the more that I'll get comfortable on it. And that's kind of the plan is just to stick with what I'm at, not make too many changes and just try and work with what I got. You know, it's, like I said, it's not the best, but it's not the worst, you know, so I'm thankful for that. And just got to look at it as the glass, glass is half full. You know, I could complain and wish I was on a factory team and blah, blah, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about just putting in the results, whether you're on the team or not, and showing them that you got the heart and the speed to get up there and know with those guys. Excellent. No, I totally agree with you. Um, so right now you're you're running 56 in the in the 250 class, um, and uh, you've already accrued a lot more points than you did last season. Um, you're 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 uh, obviously already looking to um, improve your national number, but uh, you're currently sitting eighth place in the 250 uh, points for the East Coast, with uh, Cole Thompson out with a knee injury. And uh, uh, in my opinion, you've got the the speed to be able to catch Cole Thompson or not Cole Thompson, Kyle uh, Cunningham. Do you think you'll be able to break into the uh, the like uh, sixth place position by the end of the year? You're uh, 14 yeah. points out. Yeah, for sure. That's the goal. You know, 14 points isn't that much. You know, if I get a top three or a top five, and one of those guys, well, Cole's not going to be out there, so he won't be scoring points. But if yeah. Cunningham has a bad race, or even Freezy, I think he's 24, 25 ahead. But if he has a bad race, and then I beat him straight up at the next one, you know, I could yep, end up being points. fifth. So you know, that's that's not too big of a gap. You know, it's definitely big, but it's not crazy so i just want to go sure. out there these next few rounds and put in good results i know that this next weekend is really close to my house and it's it's a big race for me so i'll have those vibes going and just you know that confidence of being around my family and my friends all the hometown fans everyone's gonna be cheering me on it it should be a really good weekend for me you know i'm just gonna try and not let the pressure of it all get to me and just 
ride like I know how to ride and put in solid 15 laps. And if I do that, then we'll sure we'll be seeing the 56 by climbing up the point standings. Absolutely, and I'm not sure if it's uh, if it's um, well, you're almost uh, well, almost 40 points behind uh, uh, just 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 over 40 points behind um, Adam C and Cirillo. So if you did do if you did uh, two top three finishes, uh, you'd you'd be getting really close to even catching uh, catching him for like fourth place in the mm-hmm. series. But nevertheless, uh, a successful season for you. Um, how many uh, how many passes have you been uh, requested of? for uh, your, the Supercross coming up this weekend? I got quite a few. I actually only uh, put in for 11, which wasn't that bad. It wasn't as much as I thought it would be. But, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't really figure out who was going in time, everyone. I actually just put the order in about an hour ago. So we'll see if it even goes through. But, you know, just it's going to be a lot of people there for me, you know, even if they have to buy the regular tickets or, you know, try and pull some strings and get some more passes. We'll see how it goes. But there are going to be a lot of fans there training for me, and I'm really excited for it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so, like, um, you've you're obviously you're a student of the sport. You you know that uh, the last uh, the last winner of that race, um, the last time we were in East Rutherford was, of course, um, Brian Swink. Uh, what do you remember about uh, that uh, that year's race? Not much. I wasn't. I don't know if I was even born yet. Oh, perfect. Good. <laughs> I have seen I've seen some clips. I used to watch old races. I had all the bar to bars back in the day and yeah. I know who Swink is and all those guys and like you said, Carson got a fifth place and you know, it's cool to see a local guy like Carson do good like that. So, you know, just trying to come in there and do the best I can and just enjoy the environment. It's gonna be cool to be in New York City and be racing in even though it's in New Jersey, it technically is New York, it's right across the pond. So right. you know, overall it's gonna be a cool environment that I'm really excited for. Excellent. Well, see, I think you should bring back uh, some retro swink, and maybe if you put one of those sick-ass pink leopard print seat covers on your bike for this weekend, uh, it might bring you some That would be badass. Even well, if yeah, he does track walk in a flannel, he's still bringing back swink. True. Right. I don't know if you could grow enough facial hair to like pull off that foot-long goatee that he rocked for a while there. But no, we could, yeah. I actually got some, I got some peach fuzz going right now, but I don't know if I can get the whole, the whole nine going. Yeah, that thing was a roost catcher. It used to hang out the bottom of his helmet. But I thought that it was thing was, as fuck yeah, that like thing was gnarly, bro. Like I can only yeah, imagine what kids would think in an autograph line, looking at Brian Swink sitting there with a giant goatee and the like, just the nastiest flannel. But uh, yeah, let's get back to the Ripa a little bit. Um, first of all, um, where did that nickname come from, uh, Jimmy? Um. Honestly, I, I, like one of my buddies, we just get Jesse Tay. We call him the Ripper. We always called him that. We always did. We just thought it was funny. He was the Ripper, and like overall, they just everyone just started like our whole group. Like we were calling everyone the Ripper, and like I don't know. I just kind of a lot of people started calling me, and overall, like it just started just started to stick with me. And you know, and I still consider my buddy Jesse he's the original Ripper. But I mean, I uh, I'm second behind him, I think. And you know, it's a lot of people just kind of I said it a few times. And a lot of people, it just kind of stuck with it, you know, and it kind of fits me, I think, and a lot of people like it, and, you know, I think it's pretty cool. It's like Bam Bam, you know, it's, it's on the I ripper. Think, it's, it's definitely I think you've made cool. it your own. Yeah, I definitely have made it my own, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Ralph and I think it, knows that your nickname is the Ripper, so that's uh, that means something to me, anyway, because uh, means he, well, means I think he it helps. It helps tie him back to the East Coast, too, you know. It might have a little bit of an accent with uh, all these Cali guys or the normal, you know, talk out there so bringing in the rip up 
<laughs> Sorry, you exactly. Rip the ripper, it's perfect. It like if you sense. say the ripper, it's not as cool as you say the ripper, and I'm perfect from Boston. Well, that's how I say it. It, it works yeah. out great. Wait, especially Jimmy if you an, don't say Jimmy that. Has an yeah, you don't ever don't do that again. No, I don't say. I say the ripper. The ripper. <laughs> that's right. And and looking for your car keys. And looking for the car keys. The ripper's looking for the keys. Yeah, absolute. Um, so so let's, with let's this get group in, of rippers like that you grew up motoring with uh like was it just a crew of you little shenanigans running around or did you kind of stick to moto tracks and do laps pound laps uh go to the races and start training young or was it more just get on the dirt bikes and go see what uh we can pull off no it was more get from my whole when i was younger it was more just get on my bike and and I had fun. I loved to ride. I, you know what I mean? I was, when I was 12, I got out of school and like, yeah, we're going riding. You'd say, no, I start crying. Like, come on, we got to go riding. You know what I mean? Like I've always been, I was never that kid that was bred up. You know, I wasn't bred to win. I wasn't from a young age, knew what I was going into. I just ended up getting kind of good at it. And then when I was about 17, 18, that's kind of when I started taking it serious, going to the track, doing the motos, doing the training. My mechanic, Keith, he kind of almost took me under his wing and showed me, you know, he, you know, he he did a, some pro stuff his own. He was never really good, but he kind of knows what it takes, and he's a hardworking kid and kind of showed me the way. And, you know, I had a lot of friends that just wanted to have fun and hang out. No one really was on the same type of program that I wanted to be on. So to have, to have him there around all the time kind of kept me in line. And, you know, I always had my phone with my friends, but he was always there to keep me in line and keep me moving forward and put me on a good program so that I can be in the position I am today. And, you know, it, it definitely at first was kind of a free for all for me, but as I grew older, I started to learn. And you know, as I made some, I got some invites to Tomax. I stayed there with them for a couple of weeks, and I started to see what the top guys in the sport are really doing and the work that they're really putting in. And it kind of opened my eyes to, hey, this is fun. This is this is great, but it's not just all fun. You know, you've got to do the work, and doing the work is fun. You know, going to the race and being rewarded for it—that's the fun part about it. You know, so. I just try to do enough work during the week where the weekends are the easy thing for me. So that's when I can do that and feel like I'm at the race and I'm not worried about getting tired. I'm not worried about anyone else. I'm just doing my own thing. That's when you know you're prepared. That's when you know it's time to get on that podium and do good. So uh, that being said, would you say that the program that some of those top uh, those those top professional riders who uh, have the, the factory position – uh, the fact that they can literally come to the track and only can think about racing and only have the the worry of uh, of what their line's going to be, what their their lap times are going to uh, look like, um, it, is that something that is basically that's the one thing that's really separating you from uh, from breaking into that top three? I think so. That's that's definitely part of it. You know, I think I could do it on my own equipment. I just need to have consistent fifteen laps, but. It definitely is easier for those guys. They have four guys watching them. They got a motor guy, suspension guy, team manager. Somebody filming them. They can see their mistakes, see where the fast guys are going. You know, I come back, it's just me and Keith. Usually me, Keith, Vince, and Real Deal, you know. He rides for a different team than me, but we always pit together. We're good friends, and we kind of try to help each other out as best as we can. But, you know, we don't have all that technology they have to, if we want to make a fork change, we're, we're playing with clickers. We're doing rebound. We're doing compression. We're not taking the forks off and putting different forks off on. So that that's definitely the biggest thing. It's real to go to the track, flights paid for, hotels paid for, rental cars paid for, you're getting a salary, you're you're on the best bike, you know, you've put in the time. That's where it becomes it's it's never easy, but that's where it becomes a lot easier. Where I'm going trying to bypass this for twenty people, I'm trying to 
get my hotel room situated, book my flights. If I'm not flying, I'm driving to them for 20 hours to get there. And by the time I get there, I'm all burned out from it. So right. overall, it, it, it definitely is a big thing to it, but it, it's not all of it. You know, it, it definitely comes down to the ability of the rider and just, you know, I know on my bike, if I rode as fast as I could on that night, then I can be on that podium. So that's that, you know, there's really no excuses. It's just hopefully do good enough this year and, and land on a pro circuit ride or a Geico ride and, and show everyone that, you know, I can do this. You know, I got, I definitely got the speed and that's kind of what it comes down to. A lot of teams are looking at, you know, they all believe, I think that if you have the speed, they can get you in shape. I think it's a lot harder to, give someone speed than it is to give them fitness you know fitness you can work at it for three months and get it speed if you don't right. have the speed you don't have the speed you're not going to have it so well that's one thing that uh, mitch payton has been uh he, he's stressed in the in the past that he they can quote unquote work with speed they can make things happen and um and 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 pull in a rider who maybe isn't as focused as he should be, but he's got the speed he's got all the essentials so uh that's the type of program that could uh, really take the the, the regiment that you currently have and maximize that and really put the right kind of people around you to get the most out of that natural ability that you have. Because um, when you watch a Jimmy Dakotas ride a bike, it's like poetry in motion. It's absolutely organic. You're just moving and everything is exactly, it's, it's not super refined. It's just everything's um, just how it's supposed to be or it's maybe mm -hmm. it, it looks like it's not uh nothing looks forced you know what i mean yeah, it's very it's natural exactly and uh i think that um now seeing like with a, a couple of some teams that have seen the uh the ability that you have and i think you showcased it back in 2011 which that was what got you your geico ride and obviously some knee, yeah. the knee injuries uh is what uh, ended up with you losing that ride because you actually took that ride on i believe and you can correct me if i'm wrong but that was a a, a bike only deal they didn't really back you with the uh the full program they basically gave you the bike and uh like just kind of do you see what, see what you can do kid yeah exactly that's exactly how it was it was you know, here's a good bike. This is one of the best bikes in the business. Let's see what you can do. You know, I wasn't right. getting a salary, so I didn't have money to go pay a trainer and go work with a guy like Gary Bailey or Ryan Hughes and and really give it the full program. I almost, you know, I had the right equipment, but I was still doing it at 80%. So, you know, I really think if I had, a, if, you know, Mitch Payton called me in September and said, hey, we want you to race, get ready. You know, and I went out to California, got myself an apartment, got myself a good trainer and nutritionist and did it the full right way and put in two, three months at the test track coming into the first round, I could be a title guy. I could win races. I, I really believe that. And, you know, I, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, you're crazy kid. Your best finish the fifth, whatever. But, you know, I don't care what anyone thinks. It's kind of all about what I think and what I believe is that I can do it. And, you know, I'm just trying to keep, keep plugging away at this. I'm 22 years old now. So I'm trying to, trying to get this done in the lights class and then move my career into the 450 class and try and become a successful 450 guy too. That's, that's the main goal. Right. Well, and I, I, I agree ahead. with, uh, you know, some people think in this industry, it's kind of like one and done. You get one chance. And if you didn't make it, like, you know, they kind of think like, Oh, that guy had a chance and he didn't pull something out. But being that yeah. you were so young, like obviously they gave you that ride because you showed speed. Like we're talking about not, you yeah. know, which is the most important thing. So being at what were you nineteen or eighteen then? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, was young. You, I didn't. I didn't make the best decisions of it all. You know, you've, I didn't. You've learned a lot you know, and matured a ton since then. So course. now that you're twenty two, 
puts you in that position. You're going to, tr- you, you know what it involves and what they expect and, you know, even the whole thing. And I think it'd be a lot different results in this situation now, you know, and, uh, I think, oh, I absolutely not that agree. you treated it wrong. I'd say, I don't know how the fuck yeah. you treated it back then, yeah, but I no. know you, you would take it seriously now and treat it for what it is and appreciate it. Of course. That's the thing. I didn't appreciate it. Like I wasn't out partying and, you know, fucking off every weekend or all during the week, but I wasn't doing enough motos that I should have been. I wasn't doing enough training. I should have been, I was kind of just getting by with what I could happy that I had a ride and, not really acknowledging what was to come in the future. And that's, that's kind of the biggest thing. And right now I know that as I grow older and I went to Europe and seen that experience and the sport, and I've seen a lot of stuff in the sport now. And I feel like I've matured a lot in that, you know, it, it definitely takes some time. And, you know, if you look at John Dowd, he didn't win a lightsaber just till he was 30 years old. So it's like, yeah. it's just all about, you know, just coming into your own and, and believing in yourself. And, you know, I just want people to see that, you know, this could have a shot and some people still write me off, but I'm still out there every weekend. Whether it costs me all my money, I'm still out there trying my best to Well, and you're showing them that I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. No, and you're showing them this, that you've experienced, like getting that 15th in the 450 class kind of, you know, having, you're not a 450 rider. There's guys who have been racing the 450 class for years that haven't pulled off that, you know, and if they're going to yeah. look at that and say, hmm, yeah, maybe that 18-year-old Jimmy Dakota, we threw that Geico bike under, he wouldn't have been able to pull that off. So obviously stuff's progressed, things have changed. Maybe it's time to give this guy another chance. Yep, absolutely, and I agree with that. Well, I agree with it too. If I owned Geico or Pro Circuit, uh, I think you'd have a shiny bike underneath you, that's for sure. But like we're, we got we're, we're fans though, Jim. We're, we're, we're big fans. Yeah, but I think... We yeah, you guys believe in me too. Absolutely. Well, yeah, but it's not hard. Um, but going back to that Lost podcast, we're talking about how if you get on a team in this sport, you still have to pay for you know your whole kind of home training. You need a track, you need a tractor, you need a water truck, all that stuff. And, um, ooh, here, one What's second. going on over there? Uh, AIDS alarm. Um, one sec. This is why we have edit buttons. No, that was actually funny. But we're not going to lose this whole podcast. No. No, no, yeah. we got this one. We got this and one. I, I literally have already saved the file as we're going. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but what I was saying to that is, like, when you get signed on to a team in moto... Uh, it's not like a professional football, baseball, basketball, where you got a team trainer, team training facility. You know, you got a guy fucking following you around, giving you your food. Where here, you go home during the week, like, yeah, like you're saying, they'll take care of you on the weekends, they'll fly down, you know, rental car, hook you all up. But during rental the week, bike. It's, yeah, it's, but it's still on your dime and your time in the week to make sure that you're coming out to the weekend as best as you can be where in all the other professional sports, it's a 12 month a year thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. And everything's provided. Um, do you think that riding that 450 and like, and, um, someone could argue that you're not quite a 450 guy, but I think you, you do throw the thing around, uh, quite well, not quite as well as you do the 250 cause you're yep. uh, a pretty stout gentleman. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, do you think that has helped your East coast, uh, rounds like having gotten into uh, race mode, um, and uh, before the, the gate dropped in Dallas, um, do you think that helped you? Yeah, I, I really do. I think that helped me a lot because I um, I just, you know, when I went into practice in the first time, I didn't have those first race jitters. I had already done four rounds. I went through the practice, the whole night show, all that stuff. So I kind of got 
got my feet wet again. You know, I hadn't raced Supercross in, in a full year, so doing the full 50 was huge for me because I went into there with no pressure. You know, it wasn't anyone right. didn't expect anything out of me. It was just go out there in that 450 class, make some money for myself so that I can support my East Coast campaign. And that was the goal, make some mains and have fun with it. You know, I had a 20 and a 19, which was nothing crazy. But overall, at the time, it was a pretty stacked class. And I beat out a lot of good guys in some of the semis to make it in. So overall, it was it was a pretty successful thing. And, you know, it was it definitely helped me for sure, getting the, the strength to ride in the 450 and then getting back on the 250, I'm like, damn, this thing's featherweight. I'll throw this thing wherever I need to go, right into the walk, right. you know. And, you know, and I noticed that even some of my times on the 250 would have been better than if I had to load my 450. So I definitely do ride the 250 a little bit better, but I think I'm just more comfortable on it, and I put more effort into that class than the 450 class. Definitely. Do you find that uh, the 450 or even riding the 250 helps your corner speed on a 250 or a 450? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, you know, throw the 250 helps a lot, and then you get back on the 450 and it's just kind of a mellow. You got to be more mellow on it and relaxed. And then the 250, you just give it the revs and go as fast as you can. So overall, I think switching back and forth, it really helps you. And it, it, it really helps anybody. You know, it keeps, it keeps it it's fun for you. You're switching it up. You're on different bikes. You're not getting the same thing every day. So it definitely is a big plus for me. Now, what about that's where you throw the one five two stroke into the situation too? That's what I was gonna. Yeah. Is there any chance that you would take that beautiful one twenty five two stroke that you had built up by KJC fitted? Uh, would he? Would you? Uh, would you dare to uh, pull that out onto a supercross track? And if you did, um, do you think you'd be able to qualify on it? Um, I don't know. I mean, the Honda CR one twenty five is probably the slowest one twenty five out there. Okay. So that would that would be tough. But I think if I had a, a nice modded out YZ one twenty five. And the thing was yeah. done really good with Todd, my TLR, my engine guy, and he gave me a good engine and it was a fresh bike. I think I can make a main on a 125 for sure, especially at like a Daytona round or a more of a mellow round. You know, I, I definitely yeah. believe I could put it in the main event. It would be tough and might take a round or two, but I definitely believe I could. Uh, well, that'd you, be, uh, obviously big just for bench racing, pure, bench racing purposes only, uh, I think that would be um, something that I would personally love to see. And I think that mm -hmm. if you were able to do it, uh, there's not a single tel television network in the world that would be able to ignore it. Exactly. You're absolutely right. But And that was the thing this year. I said if I had a bad season I wasn't doing good in the points, I would maybe try and pull it out. But they have rules where if you're not on a brand new – an 05-125, you can't even race. It's got to be okay, a 13, a 14, or a 12, or something like that. It's got to be within three years. Huh. So that's, okay. that's why you have to do the Yamaha, the KTM, because they're still making the bikes. But Fair enough. Other than I that, did not know that. We're learning yeah. things here on the on uh, yeah. every time we bring in Jimmy. We always learn things because uh, you know they don't want they don't want some guy that barely got his license out there on a 19 or 2000 KX 250. You know they don't or anything. You know what I mean? They don't want someone out yeah. there on an old bike making it. It looked different, and I don't. I don't think it should be that way. I think you should be able to ride whatever bike you want, especially if it's a 2000. You're at a disadvantage, you know. I don't but think, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to ride a 2000 KX. Yeah, that's mm. what I'm saying. So it's it, it's all about just kind of. I don't know. I guess that's how their rules are. They want it to look good because it's a professional sport, so it makes sense. But at the same time, you should be allowed to ride whatever you can ride. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're saying like life of a privateer driving most of the rounds or some of them anyways on those long road trips. What's like, what's a good day of eating road food and what's like a bad day of eating road food? I'd say a good day, wake up, go to a nice breakfast spot, get an omelet, 
you know, maybe something healthy with some peppers and onions in there, some hash browns. That's kind of decent, but not very good. But, you know, get something like that, you know, some potatoes in you, and then maybe go to like a Chipotle on the road or something like that, followed up by Outback. That's that's a good day, you know, that's a happy day. Expensive day, but it's a good day. And then a shit day would be like a Starbucks, you get a little bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich with a coffee. Then you go to Chick-fil-A and get a friggin' fake chicken sandwich, and then you end up going to <laughs> Arby's and getting a burger or something. That, that's a shit day. And, you know, some I try to avoid that as fast as I can, but sometimes the funds are low. I'm paying my gas. I'm paying for Keith. I'm paying for Keith's food. So it's sometimes you have to make sacrifices. But, you know, I try to do my best to eat healthy because I know that's an important aspect of it all. Well, for sure. And and kind of getting back to what you're saying with, um, you know, factory guys, factory programs, uh, you know, it, it seems to be the thing, and it, and it only makes sense that most privateer guys that have a mechanic that comes with him all the races and does everything, that he is kind of an ex-pro or has a love for moto. Because, I mean, there's, it's got to be a good thing. Like having a guy who doesn't have the love for motocross, like the guy he's wrenching for, um, it's got to be a disadvantage. So, like having Keith following you around and kind of knowing the sport and knowing what goes into it, that's got to be a plus too. Like, is he there giving you shit on the side of the road when you're like, and you're like, ah, Chick-fil-A. And he's like, really, dude? Like, really? Yeah, or is exactly. he just, like, down? Yeah. Exactly. So you know, sometimes he's like, fuck it, we got to do it. We got to eat, you know, there's nowhere. We're in the middle of Texas. There's no food for 80 miles. It's our only chance. We got to do it. But usually he's pretty smart, you know. He don't let me, he don't let me slack off at all, you know. He keeps me in line really good. Nice. Good to hear. So uh, moving forward into 2000 and... Uh... 2014 what are your plans uh, to go outdoors and uh with the last two supercrosses obviously uh, you'll be straight into the main in vegas um what uh what kind of goals do you have for the rest of supercross and then um what do you have planned for uh, once the series turns to outdoors um i'm basically right now i'm i'm uh, selling some t-shirts to try and help me with my funding that'll help right me for a little bit i'm having a couple sponsors I want one. Put up the, yeah having some sponsors put up some funding for me to try and get to the rounds and Right now, I'm basically trying to do 8 of the 12 or 10 of the 12, whichever ones I can get to. Going to Washougal is going to be tough. But I just believe that if you go to all 12 rounds and you rough it and you have no money and you get a couple, one or two top 10s and, you know, you're in the top 20 a lot, that doesn't look as good if you go do four or five, six rounds, you're in the top 10 every time. People understand you don't have the budget to go to all the rounds. Just like Pike did last year. He only did four rounds, but he went top five most of them top 10 so it showed yeah. people that even though he's not at all the rounds he's not a familiar face that every weekend when he shows up he's there to play and he's not messing around and he can run with those guys and if you give him the bike and give him the money he'll be there every weekend and he'll perform yeah and that's that's actually interesting to uh like a different interesting uh tidbit that um you can also uh wick your speed up at any moment because uh some guys have a hard time just showing up and throwing down lap times whereas you seem to have the ability to uh enter a series and uh basically just just ride the way you know how to ride and uh whether you be coming off of injury or entering a series late you're able to match the speed and um and just and just be you yeah absolutely and that, that's the biggest thing. I've always had the speed, but when you come in off an injury, it's the fitness. You know, even 2011, I uh, had an elbow injury, and then I came into the last four nationals, and I even did a whole shot and led for a lap and ran top three for a good portion of the moto, but at the 15-minute mark, I was gassed. I had I had nothing left. I had only been riding for three weeks, you know, riding local tracks that aren't that rough, 
So I feel like I have 30 minutes in me, but then you go to the national track, it's hot. There's two motos, two practices, the the nerves of it all, it kind of just wears you down. And if you're not been riding for three months, four months, you're, you know, you're not going to be ready. And But overall, I showed speed, and that was what kept me on Geico for the next year. And unfortunately, I had an ankle, broke both my ankles, and then I tore my ACL. So that ended that quickly. But, you know, I, I did show speed, and that, that's what they wanted. You know, I, I think they knew I wasn't fit enough, but they just wanted to make sure that I did have the speed and that I did have the confidence that I believed up there that I could stay up there and that I believed that I could be with those guys. So, and and this year, obviously, you made some big changes to your training program. You're down at south of the border, you know, with a bunch of the right people, you know, doing it right. And going into the outdoors at Glen Helen, are you going to be Jimmy Dakotas, going to go in trying to make a splash round one, or are you going to maybe, you know, go in, check it out, see how it's going, don't get, you know, hurt, and try to be there for the end of the season? Like, you're going to try to pace this outdoor season out, or no? I'm going to try out? and take it just race by race and do the best I can at every race. You know, I've done yeah. that in the past and just tried to get through the series and got a couple 15s, 18s, 12s, decent finishes like that. But I want to make sure every time I'm on the track. I'm giving it my all. I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. So if I can only do six rounds, I'm going to put it all into those six rounds and do the best with what I got. And, yeah, I don't think I'm going to pace myself at all. I'm going to go full bore and just try and be up there with those guys. And, you know, to have a strong, healthy season is good, but if you don't have good results with it, it's not that good. So just want to get out there and and at that first round kind of surprise people, you know, that, man, this kid isn't just a supercross guy. He does. He's got some outdoor skills too. So your 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 focus is pretty much completely switched to outdoors with your your practicing yeah. as of late, right? Yeah, I've been riding outdoors a lot. Up here, there's not really many tracks to go to, but mm-hmm. I know as long as I'm staying on top of my training, that at the race it'll pick it back up. I rode Supercross for four months before the season started, and then the whole season. So I know how to ride Supercrosses as long yeah. as I'm riding some Marina Cross type tracks and some outdoors and just staying on the bike and, and staying in the gym. Then I'll be good. Have you been riding in English Town, or was where you riding? Uh, I've been riding up at my house. Just I rode at Crow Hill the other day. And oh yeah, I rode at this kid Chad's track. Really a good uh, outdoor track up in New Hampshire. It's really rough. He doesn't really prep it much, so it gets beat up. So just been local stuff. I didn't really get to go to English Town because it's right by the stadium. So I didn't want to drive down, drive back, drive yeah, down. Yeah, so yeah. you're kind of staying, by, staying local. Yeah, exactly. Staying local and kind of do the best with what I got. So is, is it uh, like? There's lots of sand tracks that are open there, all the tracks ready to ride. Because I know here, like, my track's under about three feet of water right now. And But is everything good to go, or uh, is there still some yeah. still a little bit work? No, it, yeah, everything's pretty much good to go. A couple of the tracks were, were dry early in the week, but we got rain last night, made the track good today. So, yeah, all the tracks have been pretty good. Some of them, they'll be dry with some puddles from the from the winter, but other than that, they're usually they're pretty good now for the rest of the season to go, good to go. So uh, where do you see yourself uh, fitting in with the series, like uh, the rounds you're able to do? Uh, I, I assume you're you're looking to line up on the gate uh, with the first national in Glen Helen. Um, with your preparation, and you feel like your speed is up there. Um, what's uh, a, like a, a overall finish number, or what's a um, um, what are some of the results that you're looking for? Top top ten would be good. You know, two top tens, or even an eleven, twelve, or something like that for a top ten. You know, realistically, by the end of the year, I want to be fighting for top fives for sure I, I believe i can do that and especially in the 250 class this year i think it's a little lighter than it has been especially where if you look at it cunningham's going to canada cole thompson yeah. was going to go to canada but he's he got hurt and then you have guys like gavin faith who, who don't do outdoors some guys don't have the budget to do it 
you know, I think this year would be a really good year for me to show my skills. And, you know, I, I really just want to be, I think if I'm top 10 every single weekend and up there and running with those guys, you know, even if I have a bad moto and, and crash out or anything like that, as long as you're up there running with those guys and showing these guys that I got the speed and that at the 15-minute mark, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to keep pushing and making passes. That's kind of what a lot of people are looking at and looking for out of me is the fitness part of it more than anything, yeah. I believe. For sure, Excellent. if you're uh, and, uh, moving do you, forward. Uh, do you know what time it is? Is it commercial time? It's time for some commercials. One sec here. Okay. So, do you like stuff? Or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troy Designs, Alias, Icon, and power bands every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop? All of which you can find at Capital Motorsports. Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Or call them, not so toll free, at 204-237-6686. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at 1-888-482-7782. Boom! Westside! And we're back. Short little break there for some commercials. Uh, hope everyone uh, enjoyed listening to the uh, to the ads that we have so far on the on the uh, on the podcast. This is brought to you by X Brand Goggles, two zero four Skate Shop, Trans Canada Motorsports, Capital Motorsports, and Westside Honda. We have, of course, uh, Jimmy Dakota on the line and uh, Chris Mellon all the way out in Petersfield, Manitoba. Uh, continuing on. Um, so, as far as uh, the program goes, um, how did you stumble upon uh, going going down to uh, you go to south of the border? Uh, where did you start to bridge that connection, uh, and uh, where how did that all come about? And um, how what uh, what can you say about your experiences down there? Yeah, um, Ryan Chase has always been a good friend of mine, and even back on this is the first year that I did Supercross, I uh, he didn't really have the whole the training facility set up. He just had. His, he has the hotels and all the businesses that he runs down there south of the border. And he had a motocross track and a supercross track. And me and my friend Robbie Marshall, we went down there to ride and just kind of built the relationship with Ryan. And then as he started building the facility, you know, I stayed there a lot. And I helped him promote a little bit and try to get kids there as, as much as I could so that they could see that, oh, hey, Jimmy Dakotas is doing pretty good. He's training at south of the border. We want to go to south of the border. And I think 
overall through that, it helped build a little bit. But I think just the way that they do their program and how on top of everything they are and how good the tracks are is what really made that place as good as it is. Absolutely. It seems like they're turning out lots of talent. Uh, you guys get a ton of riding in. Uh, you can be competitive with each other. And uh, what's one of the things that you've uh, been able to work on the most this year to uh, really aid your, your performances and uh, and get yourself in, starting to run inside that top five and uh, hopefully uh, end up somewhere on the podium before the season's out? Yeah, for sure. I definitely want to be I got to be on the podium. That's the goal. And now that Davalos, I don't know if he's going to race or not, but I heard he had an ankle injury. So really, he's out. Yeah, they just posted. I seen that on Vital the other day. And Vince Freeze was at the track when it happened. So I guess he's out. And rumor has it that Baggett also could not be racing. But I don't know how true that is. You, you know, you never really know until the gate drops. So if those two guys are out, then I really believe I have a good shot at it. And even if they're in there, I still believe I have a good shot. But it definitely makes it easier. And Definitely kind of changes some things. Those guys are basically perennial uh, or weekly uh, features on the podium. So, Yeah. So, it, I mean, it does talk because if you beat those guys straight up, it gives it more credibility where if you get a podium, people look at it as all oh, the class was like, this guy's out, this guy's out. And they kind of take away from it a little bit. But, you know, overall, if they're not there to race, they're not there to race, you know. And, and yeah, regardless, the podium's a podium. Exactly. So that's the goal. And, the podium uh, again, and just keep on prepping forward and bring it into Vegas and, keep climbing up in the point standings and just building my confidence coming into the, into the great outdoors. So, and uh, what do you think of the rumors that uh, Christoph Purcell is going to be hopping on a 250F and other battling you guys? Did you hear um, about that? I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be a title contender for sure. I think that guy is one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen on a dirt bike. Yeah, for like, sure. That guy was like, cherished my hero when I watched that dude ride. He's so, smooth no effort he's just letting the bike do everything and he's just such a talented guy i truly believe that he'll be a front runner for sure i think he'll be chances of being a title guy and uh, do you know anywhere where he's riding because uh i haven't heard much about that but um uh with these people potentially out on mitch's team do you think he would kind of just hop on that just from his past you know championship yeah. contentions and or uh, I think he's doing it on his own. Um, I don't know. I heard he's going to do it for Star or Valley, or I don't know how that deal is going to work. But depending how good that bike is and how comfortable he is on it, I think if he knows Mitch's bike's better and he can perform on Mitch's bike, he'll go and do it for sure if he believes he can win a championship. Oh, for sure. And uh, we haven't got into uh, in the like you said, you went over to Europe for a bit and rode that Mitch Payton Kawasaki bike for the CLS Kawasaki team. Um, so uh, how did that, uh, what's the, the English exchange rate for a uh, PC Cowie? Yeah. I mean, like, that, the bike was good. The bike was really good. The race bike was phenomenal. The practice bike was just a basic package, but I don't know. I didn't really get the full setup, the suspension testing that I needed to. And I didn't have a lot of time. I, I went there on sun Friday, got there on Saturday with the time change and then, took Sunday off and rested and then rode Monday, Wednesday and Thursday and then went to the GP and went, went right into the mix with the big dog. So, you know, I that's think about, that's the, the same amount good. of, uh, Oh, sorry. That's a, that's the same amount of preparation you had to race my bike at Eltona. Yeah, exactly. All right. And, <laughs> and that's just, and that's just how it goes. You know, it's just, it, it, it's a lot of, it, you need a lot of time on a bike, no matter how good it is. Like if Mitch called me today and said, 
hey, you're riding my bike this weekend, no practice, just get out there and do the two practices and then go race it, I'd probably yeah. honestly do better on my bike because I'm comfortable sure. on the Honda. I know the way it turns. I'm comfortable with my yeah. suspension. But then if you gave me Mitch's bike three months ago and said, all right, Jimmy, here's your shot. Go get him, kid. Let's put in time. You've got Bones doing your suspension. I'm doing your engines. Put the work in, kid. This is your time. And then I truly believe that I would get that confidence and I would get that speed and I'd have that fitness to be able to do it. Excellent. Well, I hope that's something that we were able to uh, we can hear about for for uh, for next season. Uh, and like you said, the equipment that you're on right now isn't what's holding you back. It's the uh, uh, the support system around you and the mm-hmm. um, and the program. And once that program is in place, I think we can uh, we can we can look forward to seeing Jimmy Dakotas uh, on the uh, the top the top step of the podium at some point. Absolutely, I believe that also. So. Going into the outdoors again, who do you see as uh, the top five guys, top couple guys going in there? Because, you know, some guys are better outdoor than Supercross. I think me and Brad were talking about this, kind of talking about uh, Cole Seeley. Uh, do you expect Seeley to kind of pick up his results a bit? You know, running top and Supercross is kind of his game, but it seems like when he goes to the outdoor, I think it was last year's top finish was a seventh. Uh, do, do you think Seeley's going to pick it up a bit? Yeah, I think Keeley will pick it up outdoors. I know he podiumed uh, one year at the last round of Paula, and I think a lot of that has to do with those guys riding those tracks every day. You know, if we had a race at Crow Hill, I'd probably do a lot better than at High Point because I ride there yeah. all the time. So, right. Um, so that's kind of just the, you know, that thing. But I think Keeley will do really good. You know, he's he's got confidence from Supercross, and as long as he keeps on building, then he should be really good. For sure. And who do you see uh, for the main competition in the 250 outdoor class for 2014? Um, for sure. Definitely Anderson. I don't know if we'll, I think Wilson's staying on 250, but definitely yeah. Anderson, Wilson, Cooper Webb. You know, there, there's definitely a lot of guys. You know, AC if he was out there, but, you know, Bogle will be a good threat outdoors. You know, there'll definitely be a lot of guys out there. Definitely, like a lot of guys. And it, it'll be really good competition. And I'm just excited to get out there and mix it up with those guys. Chris, do you remember who your sleeper pick was for the 2014 outdoor season for the 250s? Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe it was Jimmy Dakotas, not James, though. James Dakotas wasn't on the okay. sheet, but Jimmy was. All right, okay, yeah. Good. good. I think uh, Jimmy's yeah, gonna you did show pick, up. Jimmy uh, won't let you down. Yeah, Jimmy won't let you down. Actually, I think I think uh, you actually registered for the, the the local race as James. I didn't quite get that because you rode like a champ the whole the whole day. But uh, moving into the outdoors, I think that um, uh, like as much as you're a great Supercross rider, I find that your style kind of um, lends itself better to be more flowing out on those um, sweeping tracks that um, uh, uh, that that you don't have it in the, the indoors. So do you, do you think that your results are actually going to improve as you go outdoors? Yeah, I believe so. Absolutely. And no, I think, I think I can definitely do really good outdoors. As long as I have a good suspension set up and I'm comfortable with it. And I know I can get good starts. I'm really light. So that's, that's a huge thing for me is to get the start and just sprint away with those guys. And I know I can do pretty good, but yeah, I, I truly believe I can be just as good in outdoors, if not better than I am in supercross. For sure. And so say if you go into Glen Helen and you put in a good ride for, you know, this potential limited schedule you're talking about, what if your top five and points going into that, um, 
you know, have you thought of that? Are you just going to walk away, like you said, and pull a Vince Freeze, or are you going to just really try everything you can do to make it to the next couple of rounds? Oh, oh, if I'm in the top five or top ten, I'm going to do every every possible thing I can to get to all the rounds, that's for sure. That's just that's how it's got to be, you know, no doubt about it. Well, and, if I'm having uh, a tough season and it's not going as good as it should, then, you know, I don't expect anything crazy. But if I'm up there in the top five, top ten, fighting every weekend, I'll do whatever it takes. And I think my sponsors will understand and, and definitely try to help me foot the bill for sure. Well, and if it'll help even a little bit, because I know you do have a lot of fans in this area, uh, I got to get some of your T-shirts and have them at the shop, and we'll throw all the cash back to you for that, and I'm sure it'll pay for at least 10 hours or two. Yeah, that that will definitely help. I appreciate that. Hey, no, yeah, no, we'll, no. We'll get that... Uh... We'll get those shirts up here. We'll we'll have them flying off the shelves, and hopefully uh, we'll see Jim, Jimmy Dakotas at every round, including Millville, which uh, you had success last year, and, and we're, we'll, of course, be down there to uh, not only race on the amateur day, much slower than you do on pro day, but also there to line the fences and, uh, uh, and cheer you on. Um, before we switch over to um, doing a little bit of a, a pre-race um preview to uh the uh the new york supercross um do you, would you like to uh maybe throw down a few of your uh your sponsors as well as uh who's supporting you those sponsors that are helping you uh get to the the not only the supercrosses but the nationals soon to come and uh, also if you're doing any uh, riding schools in the future you could uh lay down your uh contact information for those who would uh want to get in touch with you yeah, absolutely. You know, Riverside Holly Davidson helped me out huge this year with my bikes and Todd from TLR Performance did everything he could to give me the best engine possibly available. And I know he could give me more, but we obviously don't have the money to be swapping out engines every week. So he gives me the basic package that can kind of get me through all the rounds with a couple simple rebuilds and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, Fox, Factory Connection, Pro Circuit, KJC Fit is working on my bike, keeping me in line. You know, just STS Motorsports, everyone that's kind of dedicated Ride Co. helped me with my T-shirts and he helped me with my entries. And, you know, if it wasn't for everyone, all my sponsors that, that helped foot the bill and just give me the support and the motivation that I need, it, it wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it for me to go out there and race. So with all them, it, it really is huge and, and it saves the day. And, it you know, I really want to give it up to all my sponsors for sure. And then for riding schools, I, I haven't, I'm going to do a few in New England, that's, that's for sure. I don't know how many probably on off weekends and during the week mm-hmm. in the summer because kids won't be in school and then hopefully come up and up there in Manitoba and do another one with Penner this year. And, you know, I know it was really good, cool. And, you know, Mellon helped out in 204 skate shop. You guys hooked me up and, you know, a lot of sponsors stepped in for that. And I think a lot of people were happy with it. We had one person get hurt at the end of the day and kind of hindered the day a little bit, but overall it was, it was a really good day. And, you know, I gave some prizes away and, you know, a lot of people learned, and I think it was really good for everyone. So hopefully do that in the future this year, and just just we'll see, play it by ear, and when I have off weekends, I'll do the best with what I can. And it's always good to do schools. I learn stuff from teaching. I could be teaching an 80 rider, and I'm learning just from watching them because I'm like, wow, I'm telling this kid to do this, and I'm not even doing this. So Yeah, you know, exactly. It, you can get it, back it to does. basics. Exactly. It really does help, and I think the schools are – it's fun for me. It's fun for the kids. It's fun for everyone. You know, it's – it really is cool. Everyone goes home excited, and it really is a good day. Awesome. So let's jump straight into uh, our, our preview to look forward 
to uh, the New York Supercross, uh, as it's pronounced down there. Uh, like we're all like it's a, a brand new uh, Supercross in uh, the, uh, the the giant stadium uh, for the first time in I believe it's uh, how old are you, Jimmy? Twenty-two. Twenty-two years since the last time it, yeah. it was in uh, it was in New York. Uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey is uh, technically the host, but it's the New York Supercross. Um, and uh, yeah, both 250s and 450s, the East Coast, of course. Um, and let's start off with the 250s. Uh, who do you like, Jim? Um, obviously, uh, with the possibility of Dakotas or <laughs> Dakotas, Davalos not being uh, in attendance, um, who who would uh, who would take that guy's uh, spot in the, uh, the the championship chase? Um. I don't know. Right now, it's Bogle and I pretty much Davalos is the only one in it, and Baggett. Other than that, it's it's Freeze. I think Vince is the closest one to those guys. So right now, it's just I don't know. I, I want to be up there in the mix with those guys, and you know, right. I know Cunningham has been going good in Lemoyne. So there's there's a lot of privateer guys or you know not factory supported guys that are up there right now, and you know, I truly believe that you know I can be one of those guys with them. You but, got, you, you could be knocking on the door. I know even like yeah, guys like Matt Lemoyne. Uh, Alex Martin's actually had a pretty steady uh, series. Like uh, he's 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 right in there the uh, the fourteen to ten point range, pretty much every single moto. Uh, maybe a, a um, uh, breakout performance by Matt Bashalia. But what about your buddy AJ Contanzaro? I mean, this has got to be a pretty uh, pretty cool Supercross for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a home race for him too, and uh, he did really good the last round. You know, he he. He didn't get a good start, and a lot of guys kind of crashed out. And right. he just rode really solid. He stuck in behind Cunningham. He passed Thompson, passed Bisaglia. You know, he he rode really good, and you know he earned that fifth place. So, you know, I'm sure AJ is looking for a good finish going into this weekend. But you know, I'm, I'm hopefully looking for a better one. So, you know, that's you know everyone's friends out there. When it comes down to it, you know, we all want to beat each other, and you know, I just that's kind of the goal is to to beat those guys and basically be the top privateer, so that when there's a ride open, you know, I'm the next guy in line. Definitely. Um, have it running, running the, the 56. You're just a hair ahead of the, the 57 machine. Uh, do you guys get pretty co- like competitive with each other during time, time practice? Like, uh, obviously, you want to throw down that, that, that fast time. And uh, is there a little bit of bragging rights that gets go- going on uh, as you guys uh, make yourself into the, the fast 40? Um, I don't know, a little bit. Not, not for me. I mean, I think sometimes he does that. You know, I like AJ. He's my friend. You know, he's a good kid. And sometimes I've heard that he wants to beat. Some people told me that he wants to beat me. And, Stuff like that, so you know, little things like that. I don't, I don't really care about beating him. There's, there's 19 other guys on the gate, and that's my goal is to beat all of them. So, overall, it's just, you know, there's definitely a little competitive because they're both from New England. You know, everyone wants to be the best in their their region, but you know, I'm, I'm really not about that ego thing and trying to beat just one person. You know, I, I want to beat all of them. So, if I'm worried about AJ, then there's 19 other guys that are going to come up and, and beat me if I'm worried about him. So. The goal yeah. is just to yeah, just to sure. focus on myself and and kind of not worry about everyone else. But there's definitely a little competitive edge between us two for sure. We both want to, you know, be the best out of the region, and that's kind of just how it goes in the sport and in any sport, you know. Worry, worry about Jimmy, um, and I, that that that's a valid point. I think it's 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 good to to focus on uh, your own race and ride your own ride and uh, um, and control what you can control. Uh, I'd love to get your take on. Um, on uh, Jerry Martin's season, I know the two of you guys uh, are you, you've uh, hung out in the past. I know uh, we went to uh, a trampoline zone place. Uh, this is completely yep. way off topic. Uh, all at the same time, well, uh, dodging dodgeballs. Uh, that was a sick night. Uh, I know that was you guys a good had workout a good time. too. I, 
Yeah, Jeremy had his heart rate monitor. I believe at like 190 or 185, really? which is like, that's crazy to be. The only time I get that is when I'm riding, you know, so it no was, that was really fun. Good little cross training for you guys, but yep. he hasn't had the most uh, stellar season, missing the first two nationals and getting only two point or two two supercrosses, then only getting two points uh, at uh, Indianapolis, and then only one point in St. Louis. Um, can Can you give me any hint as to what you think went wrong for him this year? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just think a lot of pressure was put on. You know, Cooper did pretty mm-hmm. good on the West Coast. I think he wanted to match that and. You know, overall, last year at Daytona, he podiumed, he did really good, and I think he's really fast and got a lot of skills. So, I mean, I just think it's just putting it together, you know. A lot of people still believe in him, you know. Like like I said before, he's got that speed, and he also has that fitness. He works with, with Carmichael's mom, and he lives there, and, you know, he puts all his salary right back into himself. So, he's a hard-working kid, and, you know, I really think Jeremy will, will pull it together, especially in the outdoors. I really think he'll be strong outdoors. I think he'll be a, a big sleeper in the outdoors for sure. Hmm. You should don't don't sleep on Jeremy Martin just yet. No, um, no not yet. So if uh, and and you can throw yourself in this no problem because I know you're a confident guy. Uh, can you give me a top three for the um, for the two fifties in uh, in in New England? Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be hopefully it's Bogle, me and Jeremy. That would be a pretty cool top three, I would say. Right? That'd oh, be yeah. all right. I I I'm, I don't. I'm, it's. Uh, that's totally fine with me. I think the three of you definitely have the speed. You've shown it. Uh, I know uh, you've even uh, been on top of the board in terms of times at some point during this year to uh, uh, literally be the fastest uh, fastest dude on a 250F. Um, so, um, yeah, like um, that's that's a that's a solid top three. What about you, Chris? I think I'm good to see Yeah, you don't have to put me in there for you. I don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, dude. No, but when we did the outdoors, I was like, fuck, I'm adding up everybody. I'm like, Dakotas is there for like like 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, like a bunch of guys. But like, seriously, if with the season you've been having more consistent supercross than you've ever passed, right? Uh, no Ooh. reason why you can't carry that in the outdoors and do that. So, no, I'm not Absolutely. blowing you. It's like actually of course, what I think. Of course. Yeah. No, and dude, anyone who knows me will pretty much tell you if I, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm not going to, you know. Yep. <laughs> whatever of but uh no i think bogle's gonna do good and i'm super pumped on that because with such a gnarly injury going into the season where everyone well he didn't even have a really they brought in warden to sub for him right and then he yep. turns out he heals like a freaking wolverine and for him to pull off the championship like you're saying if davalos is out i think that'd be sick like i love his riding style and you know being a Honda guy myself and I think it definitely helps sell another million albums because it seems like he's killing it in the hip hop game now. So exactly. this is seriously like the year of the Bogle, really. And I yep, think that's it. Really it really is. And no reason why Mr. Jimmy Dakotas, as long as James stays at home where he is right now, you know, the two guy we're yep. talking to, if Jimmy shows up on the weekend, he can get a good start, run with Bogle. But, you know, don't fucking try to do anything stupid, but. Stick yep. up there for a top five ride for sure, you know, and it can definitely happen. Goal. Yeah, exactly. So keep it chill, you know, don't mess up. You don't seem like, you know, you're not going to be stressed out this weekend all nervous because people are there. You're going to be more pumped up and excited because that's the type Absolutely. of guy you are. And I think that'll yep. really work to your favor. If you get a good start in that main event, that stadium is going to be so freaking loud and that's going to do nothing but good things to uh, Mr. Jimmy Dakotas, I don't think. Serious, and, it'd be unreal. So 
Yeah, and everyone who finishes behind that doesn't even matter, so I'm not going to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. they would be awesome. But having that stadium there, you know, to, to stand on that podium in New Jersey with everyone there would be would definitely be a pretty cool dream come true for me. So, you know, just trying to keep it at the moment, stay in the moment, not think about that as the race comes up and just, just know that if I do my laps, you know, I get a good start, you know, put myself right there in the top three and run up there with Bogle and just try and pace him as long as I can. That's pretty much the goal. He's the top guy in the class now. So to get a start and break away with the front runners is the goal. And then come down the last four laps, you're giving yourself a nice gap back to fourth and, you know, you can pull it off for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Visualize and make it happen, my friend. Yep. Um, I was done. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go ahead and pick my. Uh, oh yeah. What do you think, Brad? Yeah. No. No one asked me mine, and that's a fine. I'm not. I'm not hurt by that whatsoever. But nevertheless, it kind of sounds like you are. Yeah. I, it's a little bit hurt. That's fine. You know what? You guys just. It's your podcast. Whatever. I can uh, see your face and is here. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but uh, no, I think um, my my prediction brought to you by. Uh, Westside Honda, it would be, um, assuming uh, Davalos is not there, and uh, who knows, even if he is there, sometimes he's off the podium. I think I'm going to say uh, Bogle with the victory. I think he uh, continues his winning ways. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Jimmy, um, cheered on by his local fans. He's uh, he's going to feed off of that energy, and I think you see the 56 on the uh, the left side of the podium, and uh, rounding out the podium is uh, one uh, pro circuit bike of Blake Baggett, uh, provided he is able to uh, to race this weekend. If he's not, then uh, Jesse Wentland will be uh, the the third podium guy. <laughs> Just because I was born in '88. That's awesome. What so, about the hey, 450s, Jim? Yeah, Jimmy. What do you hear about uh, RV possibly hanging up the boots or even? you know, not doing outdoors and getting his knee figured out or something. Because I know it said on Racer X, like, his Cowie win bonuses are maxed out. So, you know, he's he's a smart guy. He's not going to go race for free. So if he has a chance to make no bonuses, maybe his quote-unquote knee injury, you know, takes him out of the outdoors. Have you heard anything about that, or what do you think? Um, I have not heard anything. I've seen little stuff about it, but I haven't fully heard the whole deal on it. But I think so. I think if he's definitely has a little injury who knows if he does or not but if that is true with his bonuses i don't know how that would work you think he's under contract you have to continue to get paid but you know no one no one really knows how that like how that works you know i mean it's just crazy because like you said if he keeps on winning he's gonna put Cowie under so it's like who who knows you know i think it's with insurance things like i'm kind of old and i play with numbers a lot and i think like the insurance company would have a max like just making up numbers and who fucking knows. But if it's like two and a half million is what this is the max that we'll pay out. Cause you know, they're not going to, it's the same as any insurance. There's a max that you pay into and that's the max they can pay out. And if he exactly. hit that number already and they're, they're not dumb anymore. Like I'm sure Villapoto was pretty much a one, one, you know, whatever betting rate. He's going to be four time champ. So I'm sure it is going to be, you know, kind of a one-off contract that might have a max out button on it. So get your knee fixed and then you got time to come back for the million dollar monster cup where, you know, I'm sure that's its own thing. So he has time to cash a check there, you know? So it's a financial game too at that level, you know? It is. It really is. And with him, it's not dealing with hundreds or thousands. We're talking like hundreds of thousands or millions, you know? Millions. 
But yeah, that's yeah, just my my I, I think I could, I could deal with his paycheck. But uh, as far as the results for two, for uh, the four fifties go, uh, Jimmy, who do you uh, who, like? If if if, um, if RV is hurting, uh, do you think he's going to go for the victory? I don't know. I think he's going to play a little bit safe for sure. I think he's, but he's the type of guy that I've always said that, and then he goes out and wins the race. So you know, I expect Stewart to be up there. I think Stewart is either going to win or crash, like always. Yeah. But I think I honestly, my top Bold three would be Stewart. Stewart, Dungey, and Villapoto, I think. I think Villapoto will cruise it into a cool third and be happy with that. But you got to all – actually, I'm going to change that now, now that I think of it. I'm going to go with Barsha, Stewart, Dungey, and Villapoto cruise into a fourth because I that's Barsha's home race. Yeah, York, I think he's going to be going crazy. He's going to either wad it up. He's going to do something crazy because that's just who he is. He's, he's a mad dog. I wonder how many people hit him up for tickets. Oh, jeez, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Every and like second uncle and yeah. uh, sponsor who helped him out when he was on fifties. Everything. Yeah, absolute. So uh, that's your top three. You're picking uh, Barsha, um, Stewart, Dungey, and Dungey. Dungey's always a good uh, top three pick. He's pretty much cemented himself there. I think he could actually probably miss a race and get twenty two points out of it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Uh, so what about uh, what about you, uh, Chris? What's your thoughts on uh, the 450 class in two thousand in um, in New York? You got me thinking about Barsha now, and it's true because he's gonna he would put on he's as aggressive and like he puts on like a hometown ride everywhere. Like he's passing that yeah. guy and you know whatever. So if you actually throw him in his hometown, he might just either blow up on the line, like just explode, and no more Barsha. Yeah, I think he's gonna go crazy. Or he'll be like upshifting to fourth, going into the first corner, and just hoping to bounce off nine guys. But yeah, like something's gonna happen where he's gonna go off. But that could put him in the opposite situation of crashing and getting a fifteenth. But exactly. I think yeah, with uh, with Stewart and him both, you're right. Like Dungey, I'm just not gonna put him on the podium because he's gonna end up there. So fuck it, whatever. Yep. He doesn't need my life. Yeah. Um, so I think Stewart, just because he's the man, and I'm sure this news yeah. about Villapoto was doing nothing but building his confidence even more, you know? If there was that, yeah. he's a little bit faster. I think this knee injury kind of scrubs that out of the Bubba Scrubs' mind. And, you yeah. know, so Stewart, I think, is going to take it. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit softer up there, you know? So whatever, not that that really matters. But, yeah, uh, but he's really good on those softer-type tracks. For sure, and if it gets a little ruddy. So I'm going to go Stewart and then Brayton just out of nowhere because I think yep, he's sleeper. due. Yeah, and, you know, he's been riding good, and maybe I think this RV news is going to carry across the pack where it might kind of just went up a little bit. And so I'm going to go Stewart, Brayton, and then... Weimer. Uh, I knew you were going to say that, I swear to God. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to say I'm going straight up Pike. He's got two weeks on the bike, and, you know, he's got some good rides earlier, so why not be able to put a podium with uh, RV out of the situation? He's not on the yep. RCH bike until outdoors, but that's cool. Whatever, I don't oh, care. Oh, yeah. Still third. He's not, huh? I forgot about it. I thought he was, too. Well, no, yeah, because but... he, uh, he has obligations to be on uh, fly and uh, yep. and still rep all of his sponsors through Supercross, which is fine. I think okay. he's probably better served uh, with the Supercross setup on that bike anyway. Like you said, Jim, um, going on to a, a completely foreign bike, even if it's the same manufacturer, um, it's, it's like tough. your suspension settings are just going to be different. 
yeah. the bike's going to feel different. So, But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one or two trick parts have trickled down there almost into his like bike. A, I yeah, think that I think could have been said like parts all year ago. I heard that yeah. he was getting some sort of factory Suzuki support throughout the year. Well, yeah, and, I, and like almost, as the the rounds went down, I think he probably would have had some some factory trinkets as early as like his uh, first top Oakland. five. Probably, I would yeah, think. Oakland probably. Yeah, but see, even off of that, maybe just the confidence, knowing that he's got a solid ride going in the outdoor, he's got to be more pumped. You know, look, people yeah. are looking at me, yeah, people like me. So he's like, look, I'm one of these guys not starting at outdoors. Like, it's starting now, motherfucker. Let's do this, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Right on. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll weigh in on my top three, I think. So what, do you, um, what do you think, Brad? What do you think in the 450s? Oh, okay. Uh, you want my opinion? That's cool. Um, I think you guys are right uh, as far as the Justin Barsha talk goes. I don't quite put him in a, uh, his first victory. Um but uh, I, I would definitely put him on, on my podium. I'm going to take uh, James Stewart for the win. Uh, I think he either wins or he uh, receives one point for 22nd uh, in the race. Uh, so um, James with the win, Barsha second place, and uh, third place I'm going to go with um, Nick Way. Ooh. Nice. The 27 out of Marietta, California. Uh yeah, I think he's gonna to to, to get the third the second spot or the yeah third spot on the podium. I, so, I really uh, think you're onto you think? something there. He's definitely an up and comer in the sport. He's right. uh, you know he was a horizon winner. Ranks, so he's looking to make a splash finally. You know, and yep. uh, yeah, I think he can get a third. Yeah, he's been slowly mo- uh, building momentum over the last thirty-eight 14 years. years. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think of my picks, Jim? I like him. I like Nick Way. I think he's the best one. <laughs> oh no, he's a pimp. I'm just uh, yeah, just talking shit. So okay, one thing we're uh, talking with Chris Howell yesterday, and you know it's just shit talk, obviously. But what do you think of if they bring semis and heat qualifying system back to the 250s? You think that'd be a good thing? Um, like kind of give some of these guys some TV time. Like you know you probably might have won a heat and got a little chance on TV to. Now at least people see the face that's under the helmet and, you know, it'll get a little bit of recognition here and, you know, For sure. and get people more confident with just the whole podium situation. Like you think that Absolutely. would be a good idea? Cause I mean, they're yeah. trying to build riders. That's supposedly the whole point of the 250 and other than the racing, they're just kind of hitting the fast forward button on them. Like I do understand live TV time's expensive and they got a short bubble as it is. But like, what if they break it down, give them three more minutes, or you know, add a couple minutes to the night and throw some heats and semis in the 250s? Do you think that? Yeah, I think it would make the heat racing in the 250s a lot more exciting. Where a guy that's in fifth, he isn't just going to settle for fifth. He's he's got to go, you know, and that'll make it more exciting, and then more exciting in the semis, and then. You know, it gives guys more chances. Like, I guarantee if they had that, Jeremy Martin wouldn't have missed those first two mains. He would have been in there, True. you know. And that so definitely, it'll help the season. factory guys out a little bit. But I think overall, it'll give it more exciting for the TV, especially in the 250 heats. Yeah, and those privateers that normally wouldn't be able to win a, a heat race, would they be able to list their sponsors and, and get some, some face time uh, with not only the uh, the TV cameras, but the... Uh, the, the stadium jumbotron as well and, and get those uh better like connect with uh, your brand as, as a rider to the fan base yep absolutely i think it'll I have a lot get a lot of guys more tv time and help just help the sport all around 
Right on. Well, I appreciate you taking some time with us tonight, uh, Jimmy Dakotas. Um, moving into your very your your first hometown Supercross. Uh, it goes down this weekend. Uh, we wish you the best of luck and we appreciate you uh, coming hey, coming. Hey, I'm, to, not, uh, I'm not done yet. No, no, no. Oh, you're not done. Okay. No, hell no. What there, what other questions did you have for Jim? Uh, kind of what we did last time. I don't know. I just really enjoy this part. Like, there's a couple names and tell us like a good story about that person because. I know, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of fans kind of like to see the behind-the-scenes thing a little story bit. Story time, yeah. Jimmy. Exactly. So uh, give us some story time about uh, your homeboy there, KJC Fitted. KJC Fitted. Mm. He's pretty, keeps it pretty low-key. KJC is a pretty grown man. He don't really get too crazy. But I, I've seen him in his prime time sometimes. We used to have uh, parties. At my, I had birthday parties at my house a few times, and I've seen, I've seen KJC get little wild more than I've ever seen him get wild, but, you know, he always kept it in mind. He doesn't do anything too crazy, but, you know, he's definitely, I've seen, I've seen KJC have a few puking episodes here at, here at my house before on my, on my birthday party. So but other than that, Keith doesn't do anything too crazy. He's just a funny guy and kind of, he keeps all of us in line. So he keeps himself in line so that we all kind of learn from him. He's right. usually pretty, pretty good with not getting too wild. Okay, well, uh, what about uh, Razzles? Did would he has he ever had a, a puking episode at Razzles? At Razzles, I don't believe so. I think he's held it together at Razzles. Fair enough. Uh, what about Mr. Ryan Hughes? Because I know you're part of the Ryan Hughes program with Rhino Power, and you trained yep. with him for a bit, even when you're younger, before Supercross days. Uh, yeah. What's a Rhino story? Because everyone pretty much thinks he's just a hardcore, you know just a hardcore guy pretty much no he's he's organic you know he's he i remember coming home he, he'd wake up 5 a.m and we were staying there we'd stay at a little guest house he had and it'd be 5 a.m rhino would be out meditating with the sun coming up and you know he's, he's such a badass guy but he's he's so down to earth and just about earth too like he's he's in that that laid-back mindset you know what i mean he kind of just He's he's a little crazy when it comes to his beliefs, but I I, I stick by you know you've got to believe in what you believe in that's that's who you are and Rhino's definitely an earth earthly dude you know he builds gardens he builds these crazy things in his backyard I've seen and you know he's just I think a lot of people don't see that side of him but he's really about the earth and the sun and you know he 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 told me what we used to go out in the yard and we'd sit there as the sun would set and he'd tell me that this we're getting our energy for the day and we'd sit there and the sun would set on us and we'd look into the sun and like. You know, it's just kind of like funny, but you know, for him to be such a badass dude and, and be like that, it's kind of funny to see. Is he it also pretty strict like about the uh, the electrical bill? Oh yeah, he came up that one time, one time before, because like I said, he gets up 5 a.m. every morning, like like a badass. Like I don't know who the hell does that. I can't do that. I'm up at nine earliest, and uh, he came in. We left the lights on one time. Me and Vince were in there. And I sounded like an actual rhino was coming to the front door dude and he was screaming and yelling he wasn't yelling at anyone specifically he was yelling at the whole group but i'll tell you what the emotions were a little down that morning when he came in everyone was a little bit scared for their life you don't want to get that guy now i'll tell you that right now no not at all no and, no uh, i know i know last year when i first met you when you hit you're missing out on one of the nationals to go film um, moto the movie um how'd you get uh that call because that's like you know they're one of the coolest movies out there for sure everyone watches them a million times over and over and over again so uh how did you get the spot to um get that filming with uh moto five um i gotta six? give that one up to 
I got to give that one up to Ryan Swanberg. You know, he he mentioned it to Taylor and kind of told him about that he shot with us at Tom Parsons and kind of I think he showed him some of the pictures of it. And Taylor was like, sold, you know, I want these guys. And I was up in Mass racing Sunday and I had to get to Florida Tuesday and I had to race Unadilla back in New York on Saturday. So I was debating on not even doing it. And then I thought, I sat down, I thought about it. I'm like, man, if actually... Jamie, obviously my girlfriend was, she goes, if you don't go do that video, I'm going to be so mad at you because in two months, no one's going to remember what you finished, you know, Dylan, everyone's going to remember that video. And I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And I freaking packed up my van, me and Keith, and we drove 24 hours to Florida, shot for one day, all day long. We drove home, you know, and it was so worth it for me, you know, like it just to get that exposure in that video was huge for me. Definitely, definitely. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure you got a bunch of new fans and kind of cemented some old ones from that too. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, uh, risking life and limb, and actually uh, um, putting uh, putting caution to the wind by driving down there with uh, this is that was before you had a full license. Is is that true, my friend? That is, that is very much true. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait! No, is, allegedly, is that true? That is true. I have no. Uh, I had no license until the age of twenty-one. Yeah. So. Uh, um, that's I actually, how, that's you know how what? Bad I that... think I might have gone it before that trip. I think I did. Yeah, that's kind of a dick move to tell your buddy that he has to drive. Yeah, hey, we're going to go over and drive to Florida, but I don't have a license, so yeah, I'll be you're sleeping. the driver. Yeah, pass me my I'll pillow. be in the pack um, sleeping. Yeah, exactly. Here, I'll, I'll toss you the car keys, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to go sleep keys. in the foyer. Here's the car keys. Get out of here. I'm going to bed. <laughs> right cool. On, well, that's all I got uh, for those questions, so... Well, yeah, like I said, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show tonight, Jim. Uh, we really no appreciate problem, your time, and uh, this time we're actually going to press save. Um, for those who uh, obviously they don't know because they didn't get to hear it, uh, we we did a, a podcast with Jimmy about um, about a month ago, honestly, and uh, right after um, right after we had uh, gotten off the phone with him, my computer. Uh, uh, had a little episode on me, and uh, we lost that. Uh, it was a lost episode of uh, the Big MX Show, and we're we're basically redoing that tonight. And I appreciate you uh, being patient with us and, and coming on again. And uh, no I think problem, af- yeah. after uh, after your hometown Supercross, uh, how about we have you on to uh, to do the full the full race review and uh, give the uh, give some that. give some hometown right. perspective. Absolutely, count me in. Right on, man. Sure. You have yourself hey, a great hey, evening. Hey, one more thing. Have you listened to any of Antignath's raps on YouTube? Any of the what? The Adam Antignath. Like Adam Antignath. No, he's the got Subway a couple... song, right? Yeah, no, but he's got like three other bastards. ones. Yeah, and he's got a couple other ones that are actually half legit. And uh, no, I think the intro to this podcast should be that song, The Start, that he did. It's actually pretty badass. But no, I didn't know if you listened to those or not, but they're actually worth checking out. I haven't got to. Cool, man. Well, that was a good talk to you. Oh, and as of today, uh, both of us are going to be in Vegas for the final round of Supercross. So um, we'll be out there screaming your name and yelling and throwing stuff Rocking the t-shirts. All righty. Awesome. Can't wait, boy. It's going to be a good time. Sick, buddy. Well, thanks again. Uh, We'll uh, we'll reconnect with you on the backside of the weekend. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim. No problem, guys. See See ya. Later, man. See ya. You still there? Yeah. Yeah. How was that, Jimmy? Good. 
I think that uh, went off without a hitch. Got it all saved up. up. Yeah, control F. Control F. Control F. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com. Cool, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, We'll get you fucking chill with your family. You don't get to spend enough time with them as it is, so you don't need to talk to us jerks. No worries, guys. Cool, man. Well, thanks a lot. Yep. Yeah, I'm cool with that. That's fine.